Paper Cut Podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to a very special episode of Paper Cat. Paper Cat. Paper Cat. Aww. Aww. Paper <laughs> Cat. Welcome okay. to the Paper Cat podcast. <laughs> oh, I want to change our name. We only interview cats. <laughs> This cat's name's Begonia. Begonia the cat. Should we start again? Yeah. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Welcome to a very special episode of Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and for our 20th episode, we have Alexa Dirks, or you may know her as Begonia. And Woo! Could Hello. you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi. My name's Alexa Dirks, but you may know me as Begonia. <laughs> Um, I'm a musician. I write songs. I scream in public on stage. And sometimes I try to tell jokes and they rarely go as planned. So that's me. <laughs> is Begonia the name of your band or the name of you in yeah, your That's band? a confusing question even for me. Okay. Sometimes I go on stage and I'm like, hi, I'm Begonia. And then other time I'm like, we're Begonia. But I feel like, generally speaking, when people come up to me after shows, they think that my name is Begonia, and then I just kind of go with that. So it's so just, it's it's in the it's eye true. of the beholder at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like more often than not, I'm like, "Hi, I'm Begonia," just because it seems easier or like simpler to understand, even to me. Like, because when I first kind of made the the name, it was like, "This is a project name. This is a name for the project." And then because it kind of looks like a name, people just kept thinking it was my name. So it's like, okay, it's. It's my name mm-hmm. in the project, but mm-hmm. I never thought of myself as like having like a stage name, and now I feel like maybe I do by accident. Oh, she's she's being born begonia. Exactly, not a girl, not yet a woman. Totally, <laughs> that's begonia. So she, her look, begonia's look, has mm-hmm. evolved mm-hmm. over time. If we go back to like the video at like Knox United Church. Oh yeah, oh my gosh. You're totally. wearing all black. Like conservative as shit. Dark hair as well or mm-hmm. you have red hair in that? No, I was dark. Well, it was like it was like a darker. There's like a purple tinge to okay. it. it was, like, pretty <laughs> so funky. we went like black all black purple tinge. Yeah. to the hat that is sitting in the there's corner of your room yeah. and it's flowers what do you say? 10 feet in the air? Yeah, there's there's lots of flowers going on there. Yeah. I definitely the day of that Knox shoot, I brought a lot of wacky clothing items, mm-hmm. but then I like got too scared. Mm. Like I had all these different coats because I have like an obsession with like vintage, like coats or just like jackets or like sequin jackets or whatever. So I have so many of them, and I brought like a pile of them. And then right before we were gonna start filming, I was like, I don't know. And then I just <laughs> wore like a conservative black <laughs> outfit. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But now I'm just like a wacky bitch. Yeah, just yeah. whatever you feel like. Just whatever. Yeah. Where do you get part. your outfit outfits from? Mostly from just like vintage shopping. I get a lot of pleasure from like the hunt of going to stores and just like shop, like sifting through for hours. Like so, what if I'll ever be in a city and I have time? Mm-hmm. That's like not here, but here I, I go to different vintage shops too. And I'm just starting to get into the world of, like, getting things, like, kind of custom made for me. But it's, like, it's not as easy because also it costs money. And I don't have a lot of money. Ha ha ha. Who is a good, like, costume maker, like, custom costume maker in the city? I mean, you just kind of go with your pals, really, at this point. Like, I just met... Or like a few, or okay, never mind. Let me restart that. I have a good girlfriend who went to like design school, and she doesn't really like make things anymore. But she, in the first like year that I was doing stuff, every once in a while, I'd be like, "Hey, can I make you something?" And she would just kind of like throw something together for me. And usually it would be like in the moo moo variety. So it would basically be like we'd pick a fabric, and she would just sew it up the sides, and I would just like shove my arms in the holes and be like, oh, I did it. (laughs) And, yeah. And I've worked with another... Do you know Mandel, who works at Darren Ahmed? His mom, Penny. Oh. Worked with his his mom, Penny. She's she's done some stuff for me for photo shoots and, and for a video shoot. She did something for me. And now I'm... 
talking to these designers in Toronto that just graduated from Ryerson. They call themselves Average Beebees. Oh, yeah. Average Beebees. Yeah, no, and they're, they're this cool couple, and they're designing something for a video for me right now, and then I'm maybe talking to them about designing some, like, looks for tour for next year, but it's all kind of, like, piece by piece. Like, it's... I. I I don't necessarily have like the means to be able to just be like, okay, every show I'm going to have a custom look. I just like find wacky shit and I'm like, okay, maybe I can wear that for this. Or maybe I can like tie that like that and just wear that on stage for that show. It's like all kind of random. Yes. Yeah. So before you were Begonia, you were (laughs) in another project as well. Yeah. So do you want to talk a bit about how you got to here in music? From, like, yeah. your beginning in music? Yeah, I mean, well, the beginning of music is, like, a long, long, long-ass time ago. We could start there. So we got time. It's a fucking long-ass time ago. <laughs> when I was a baby. No, in I'm, your rocking chair. In my rocking chair. With my, with my, I'm wearing, like, a house dress, like, moo-moo caftan. Yes. I'm in a rocking chair right now. Just so you can get a feel for what's going on here. I'm rocking back and forth in a floral... A little rocker, and I have a what do you call this? It's sort of like quilt, like a quilt, yeah, like an afghan. Yeah, I'm holding it close, and I'm gonna tell you a story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I mean I've been doing music for as long as I can really remember. Like, but in terms of like professional start, like in bands and stuff, I started like I met like Joey Landreth from the Bros Landreth and Meg Dolovich and then Ryan Voth, who's also in the Bros. Landreth, they were, like, my first, like, real, like, we're playing out, we're in a band kind That's of band. That's a pretty good start, I'd say. And that was when I was, like, 16 I met them. Wow. Nice. And then they they already, like, I was, like, a pretty heavy, like, conservative Christian at the time, and we met through, like, the religious music scene. And then um, we all turned 18. We're like, we want to play in bars. We're cool. So then we started playing at Hooligans. We had a weekly gig at Hooligans, which is now The Handsome Daughter, mm. which oh. was Eddie's Garage, Hooligans, The Rosenby. Oh, no, The Standard, then The Rosenby, now The Handsome Daughter. So there was, there's been some like iterations since then. But we had a weekly gig, and we thought we had finally made it. Played every Wednesday. We were like, we're celebrities. But like really, like we played for like no money until 3 in the morning, <laughs> and no one was there. <laughs> Good practice. Yeah, it was no, good. Go. So then that was like my first like band where I was like, we're going to make it. And then and what were you called? We were called Little Boy Boom. Oh, Little Boy Boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you. OG drunk people out there, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and then OG I joined. drunk people. Well, just like, like, why else would you see us? You'd be like drunk, like late at night. Like we would just play like shitty bar gig after shitty bar gig. But at the time it felt really like amazing to Mm -hmm. us because we were just cutting our teeth and we would make like we made some demos like we had some recorded material and we would play uh, we would play other gigs not just shitty bar gigs but (laughs) it was really like a a very like a teaching time like a learning beginning for all of us just like really crash course into like what it is to be a musician in a certain way but I don't think we really all kind of knew what the future would mm-hmm. hold for all of us. And, like, as a band, like, learning to be in a band. Totally. Like, playing along or, like, butting heads. Exactly, or yeah. And just playing, mm-hmm. like, we played mostly covers. We had a few original songs that we recorded, but it was just, like, learning music. We would rehearse, like, multiple times a week. We would play multiple times a week. It was, like, I was constantly finding my voice, like, and learning how to sing all the time without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that was... The interesting part of that too. What was your favorite cover that you guys played? Oh my gosh! In that band, we did a an Erica Badu cover that I loved called Penitentiary Philosophy, and it was so badass, and I could never hit the notes properly. And I feel like in that that song specifically, I remember being like at the bar gigs, like late at night, being like, I wonder if I can hit that note right now. I'm gonna try. No, that didn't work. Okay, I'm never gonna do that again. (laughs) Just like. constantly figuring shit out like I don't know but it was it was like a good a safe place to like figure it out because as I said like there'd just be like drunk regulars or nobody or some like sometimes like our peers would be there like watching and stuff but it wasn't like I never felt like a high pressure mm-hmm. like this is the gig of my life maybe I did actually sometimes but <laughs> it, it wasn't like right. 
Do you, can you hit those notes now? No, not some of them. No way. No way. Oh, I was going to say, no. do you remember the exact moment when you hit it? No, like, well, there's some, some Tell things. Tell me, set the, like, were, the scene for There are definitely su- some things, like there's one original song that we wrote that I even like wrote a vocal part that I could not hit. I was like, why the fuck did I do this? And we were in the studio and I remember trying it being like, no, going home, thinking about it and being like, why did I write this if I can't hit it? But never thinking I should change it because I was just like, no, I, I want to prove to everyone else in my band because I was the only, like, I was like just a singer. Like I'm, that's air quotes because I don't believe that that's a thing. But like at the time I was all, like the only kind of singer in my crew of musician friends. Mm-hmm. So it felt like I had to prove myself that I could like hold my own with like all my instrument playing friends and I was right. just as valid so it's like no I can I can totally I, I'll be able to hit that note and then I was like literally in the vocal booth like trying and trying and trying and then and then at one point I hit it and like you hear like if you listen to that wherever that song lies in the ether <laughs> of the dark web it sounds pretty bad but I hit it and I remember just being like Wah! like just feeling like this feeling that I just discovered like, like I went to like the next level of like Super Mario Brothers or something and it was like how did I do that <laughs> you'll never figure out like um, the combo that you did oh no well and I'm not <laughs> I'm not like a technical yeah like I'll never uh, know the password that got me like into yeah. the next chamber of whatever it just kind of happened and because I'm so not like scholastically or technically trained it truly would be like a mystery to me sometimes when I would be able to like do certain things and when I wouldn't I was like like, when I was younger, it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know how that happened. I hope I can do that again. So nobody no. taught you to sing? Like, no. Always, like, I find that these things, oh, my mother, my grandmother, mm. you know, they taught mm-hmm. me, like, you didn't have any sort of... Not really. Like, my family wasn't necessarily supremely musical in terms of skill, but, I mean, my my mom, like, always played the piano, and she would sing, and she was very good at... She was, like, a classic, like, Mennonite harmonizer. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, in choirs and stuff growing up, and, like... She never really, like, sang out. Like, people didn't know her as a singer. But, like, at home, she... Like, my parents were always playing music. She would sing. At church, she would, like, have me, like, by her ear. And she'd be, like, singing the harmonies in my ears and stuff. Like, it was just something that I was used to. But it wasn't, like... She was like, this is how you do it. Take a deep breath. Right. Like, no one... Music wasn't really a part of my life in that way. I kind of just, like, remember just making it a part of my life. Okay, so that was with Little Boy. Little Boy Boom. Boom. Oh, yeah, man. This is like the longest story I've ever No, well, this is what we tend to do is just like we cut deep on Paper Cut Podcast. Mm. Paper Cat. Paper Cat Podcast. Paper Cat. You're cutting to the cats here. Oh, yeah. Changing the name of the Oh, my gosh. A cat scratch, though? That's deep. Paper Cat. Oh, man, I can't. I can't handle a cat scratch. Little Um, Boy Boom. Yeah, Little Boy Boom. That was like the, f- and I, I was in like a few other bands surrounding that. Names. I love names. BSC yeah. was, was, that was actually truly the first bar band that I was in, but I was still in Little Boy Boom at the time. We'd never played in bars yet, but it was this, it's just that band didn't last as long. And so it doesn't feel as significant, but it was significant in a sense that, uh, I had to audition to be in this bar Ooh. band and I went to one of the. Uh, rehearsal spaces above the Goodwill now, like where a, a bunch of bands like have rehearsal spaces. It was the first time I'd ever been there, and we would like they would only rehearse at like late at night because they all had they went to university and had regular jobs and stuff. So we would rehearse at like midnight, and I just thought that was so cool. I still lived at home with my parents. I had just turned eighteen. And I was like, I'm going to audition so I can go sing with people I don't know in bars. This is gonna be the coolest thing I've ever done. And it's I called think BSC. it's kind of cool. His Bachelor of Science was like the name because all these guys <laughs> met in. University, wow. I think. Nice. And then we would, and but they were mostly an instrumental band, so like I would go to the gigs at like a fucking like Red Cactus, which is now Teos, yeah, and would sit there for Jinx. half the gig. You owe me a coke, but I don't drink pop, so you owe me something else. Um. Anyways, can't forget. <laughs> uh, I would just sit there like side stage, like, and they'd be like grooving out to all their like instrumental jams, like. Burr, 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 burr. And just sit there for, like, all the things. I'm like, I wonder when I'm going to be called up. But I was, like, in the band now. Mm-hmm. And then they call me up, and I'd be like, there's no sunshine when she's gone. Like, actually, that's yes, what you would sing? Like, literally, I'd sing that song. And then I would sit back down and, like, watch them, like, jam <laughs> out, like, stoner jams. And then I'd 
go back up and be like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And then from there? Oh, sorry. Um, so <laughs> that was like, yeah. And then Little Boy Boom. And then during Little Boy Boom, uh, I had met the singers of a band that at the time was called Madrigaya. And it was like a vocal band in the city. Oh. And so there was like eight female singers. They were all like a, a little bit older than me. And I had heard about them forever. And they had been playing forever. And so they, one of the members of their band was like joining another band or something. So they maybe needed a sub. So then I was like. Like an ultimate frisbee team. Yeah. Like, yeah. They needed, they needed a sub because we it was that kind of thing. a girl sub for tonight. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, honestly, yeah. because it was that kind of band where it was like. Uh, so vocally based like where I don't I, well I don't know it, I felt like they just thought that they were going to be able to sub people out like that so I was going to go to this audition and it was a big deal because I had heard of them forever like in the scene and I was just starting out and I was like well, these like women want me to like maybe sing with them and I don't even know if I'm good enough because I don't even actually really know that I like I can't even read music like I don't even know what's going on but then I was like on my way to the bus to go to the audition and then they called and they're like actually we don't need you to come anymore and I was like fuck okay but little did I know at the time that their band was actually breaking up mm-hmm. so then some oh. of the women from that band started coming to my gigs at hooligans and were like hey we need another singer for this new band we're starting and then I joined this new band that they were starting that didn't have a name that then became Sheikh Gamin or Sheikh Gamin depending on how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm the only Anglophone, I was the only Anglophone in the band, so it's like I would say the name like five different ways every time I would say it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what everybody does when they say the name of that band. Yeah. Like, they try to like say it until you know which one that shit you're talking about. Yeah. Shit, shit, gay mind. <laughs> like a question? Like, yeah. yeah you, you know what I'm talking about! <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Please I was, make me see I was again. the same way. I'm like, you know what I'm talking about! <laughs> so then I joined that band when I was... 19. And so Little Boy Boom is still kind of going on. And that was like a bit of a hard time because I had to kind of decide, like, was I going to... Because they wanted to... They were going to start touring. And we, the first gig with Shit Gemin was like this gig in California in MacArthur Park. They had it booked and then they had this like tour. And they're like, okay, it's in a month and we need 90 minutes of original material in a month. Are you going to join us and like kind of be a part of this band? And I was like... I've never, I barely know you people. <laughs> and my dad was just like, are, is this like a, a scam? Like, are you being, are you being scammed? It's like, I have, actually, I have no clue. But no, I knew, I knew that I wasn't being scammed. And he's just kind of paranoid. paranoid. I'm sorry, dad, but you are. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't fucking know. And then, I, but then I ultimately decided to join them and go on tour with them and, then that's kind of just snowballed into the next, like, seven years of my life. You did that for seven years. I did that for seven or eight years. I was 19. I'm 30 now. Spoiler alert, she's 30. <laughs> and she has a giant balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert! The bitch Thanks. is 30. Um, I was in the band. I started when I was 19, and when it kind of slowed down... I was 27, so yeah, I guess like eight years. Hmm. Yeah. And Shik Gamin was, <laughs> was Juno nominated, right? We won a Juno. You won a Juno. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Correction. We won one and we lost one. Oh, and okay. we were only there for the ceremony when we lost. Oh. Well, you don't really say you lost. You say you were nominated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we won one and we were like tonally nominated. And I like stole stuff from the bathroom. <gasps> nice. <laughs> Just like a body spray. Oh. It's a highlight for me though. That was your trophy. No, like I remember I remember thinking to myself like being being in like the little uh, pre-televised ceremony that they have with all the other awards that are announced that don't get announced on the televised ceremony and that's where our award was getting announced. And I just remember sitting there being like, don't get drunk. Don't get too drunk. All the booze is free. Don't get too drunk. <laughs> just in case you win. And then, but I was like, well, you're probably not going to fucking win. Just drink the free booze. Who cares? This is me talking to myself. And then I like went to the bathroom after we lost. And I was like, there's all these like <laughs> body sprays and shit. Like for the women to 
scent themselves so that they could like be well scented when they went back to their seats I guess and like lotions and stuff (laughs) and I was like I had a small purse but I took like a full sized fucking body spray and I was like this is my fucking trophy (laughs) put it in my purse and sauntered out there and I it lasted me for a long time and whenever I'd look at it I was like at least I still got you. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like, I'm a loser. No. The at least I have you, but kind of like I'm a loser. Yeah. Right. It's the nice way. It's like saying you're nominated. Yeah. Exactly. It's like what exactly my mom it's like, yeah. would say afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you get to use it too. Like it doesn't sit yeah. in a mantle. Like you get to use that. You yeah. get to scent it. Oh, I get to smell and people yeah. get to be like, oh, what scent is that? And I'm like, I stole it. Juno nomination. <laughs> it's called. Yeah, it's called losing a Juno. The scent of losing. <laughs> So, yeah, you can't use a Juno for anything. No, it's... Paperweight, it's, 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 and that's embarrassing. It's sitting yeah. over there. It's, you have one? Yeah, it's, like, literally sitting there. I want to see it. I think it's up there. It oh, might be yeah. behind the 30. Is it there? Yeah. But does it smell good? I don't know if I've, uh, If I've, uh, sprayed it in a while. <laughs> sprayed it in a while? <laughs> you can do... You can take it. You can... May I touch it? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Like, flip it around and do whatever you want. That's a really long title. It's very specific. <laughs> it is very specific. Oh, oh it's okay. Don't worry about it. The floor needs a wash. Okay. For the listeners, Olivia just spilled water. <laughs> I kicked and for water the listeners over. again, my house is very messy right now, so... I picked up the Juno. <laughs> I'm holding it in my hand. I kicked over a water. Uh, I'm play. holding the Roots and Traditional Album of the Year Group 2009. Very specific. 2009! Wow, would you like to hold cool. a Juno? Ever heard of it? It's lighter than I would have imagined. Right? I just I think they change them every year though. Or every few years they change like the look of them cuz they don't look like that anymore. Yeah. Was, but on the bottom if you look it's like inscribed by whatever old lady like hand. Oh yeah. Oh, Shirley. Shirley. Does it say Shirley? It says Shirley. Yeah, I love Shirley that. Shirley Elfhorn. She just did it herself in her Shirley oh. Elfhorn and Stan. Studio. And Shall- Stan did it too. Shout out to Stan and Shirley, and there's another name, but I, I can't read that. That's wow. fantastic. And their dog, though. Ralph. <laughs> they did a great job. Yeah. It was a home, home, homespun. Homespun Juno. So, what was the transition from Chic Gamin to Solo Begonia? So, well, not Solo. Yeah. yeah. It's like a right. A fluid. There's, begonia. A, there's, there's a fluid. It's it's fluid. Um, we don't want to put you in a box. Thank you so yes. much. I want to say that, I mean, like, the whole time in Shikimit, I still was writing songs, like, with other people for myself, because that band was so collaborative, it was like, we, we would all write all the songs together, so I would, maybe in a year, I would write, like, a certain number of songs, but I would only use a fraction of them, or even less, for the band, because every all of us would kind of have the same, like, output, and then we would use a few, because we all, like, kind of had equal share in the band. So I would always have like some songs that would be sitting around in a little book somewhere being like, I wonder if that's ever going to see the light of day. Maybe, maybe not. And I worked a lot with Matt Schellenberg within that time. Who's in the band Royal Canoe and does his own thing. He also, and he also was box. our episode, what, five? The, no. Six? Yeah, I think around between five and ten. Oh, you, oh, he did. He did. Yeah. It's oh. great. Yeah, he... I, like, during that whole kind of chronological narrative of Shit Gammon, like, near-ish to the beginning, I also started working with him on a project called Courier News, but also something that was just more of, like, a writing-only kind of project, and we would, like, perform, like, maybe, like, a handful of times, like, in our whole, quote-unquote, career as a band. But uh, we collaborated a lot. Like, we wrote a lot of songs together. And so those were always ones that I was like, oh, that'd be interesting someday to like have some output with that. Because it would bring out, collaborating with him kind of brought out a different side of my songwriting as well. Mm-hmm. And so that was always on the back burner. And then when I would when I was kind of noticing that Shit was looking to slow down, I just wasn't ready to be off the road. I wasn't ready to take a break per se. And also maybe just because I'm not very good at chilling out. I think I just in my mind was so terrified that it was like, okay, if this slowed down and I'm like forced to take a break, I will uh, like not be a happy person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like I, I just could feel that, like, I don't know. And everyone deals with like 
that kind of stuff in, in a different way. And I feel like for some people in the band, they needed that break. And I feel like maybe I could have taken that break and that would have been beneficial for my mental health. But at the time, I just felt like I couldn't stop. It was like not. So I kind of, as soon as I noticed that the band was slowing down, I was like, okay, what songs do I have? What what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? What's going to happen when this slows down? So then almost immediately I started like working with Matt again and, and going into like the depths of the songs that we had written. And then we started kind of playing a few more shows, testing the waters with some stuff. Me kind of in the back of my mind knowing that like eventually I want to do something with these songs and eventually I want to like break out and be something on my own but not necessarily knowing what that was going to be so there was like a lot of thinking about this project before it actually like came into being a lot of like highway driving like on tour like when everyone would be sleeping in the back of the van I'd be like what like if I had a project like what would I even name it what the fuck am I even doing I can't do this on my own what am I even doing but then when, like, Shake I mean, really decided, like, it was kind of done, that's when I decided to, uh, yeah, just start recording stuff. So we, like, recorded a bunch of demos, and then we decided to just, like, give ourselves, like, an arbitrary deadline of, like, putting an EP together. And that was even before I had a name for the project. It was like, we're just going to make an EP, and it's going to have my face on it, and it's just going to be me, and then... Uh, Matt Peters kind of joined in on that as well. Like, we made it together at Private Ear, the three of us, for the most part, with a few, like, people that played different instruments. Well, Brendan also played bass on it, and Julian Bradford played bass on it, and Michael played drums, Michael Jordan. And, uh, yeah. It just kind of snowballed from there, I guess. So some of the songs that are on the EP, are they, like, chic time written like is that did you write yeah, any of them yeah in maybe there? there is a bit of overlap I'd have to like really think about it yep yeah, but there, no no there definitely is there definitely is like I don't want to love you which is the last song on the EP was a song that was written when I was still in the band and that was written for Courier News more so like and not even written as a song that was supposed to be something that I was ever going to use it just started from like a sample that Matt had made and that was maybe the only one that was written like a long, a long time before mm-hmm. ended up being put out. So you sang love songs a lot. Is it? They're not always happy. But... Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was getting to is that do sometimes you feel like I'm kind of like done with that love song because it kind of sucks when I sing it. Cause, right. Or are they not about people? Oh, yeah. They're always about people for sure. I'm very bad at, like, writing, like, outside of myself, and I always really respect people that can, like, have those songwriting careers of, like, story songs, like, those really amazing, like, country singers that can, like, have those story song careers that are just writing about whomever and whatever and can do it so well and, like, be so emotionally invested. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. I'm not very good at that. So you just write about yourself. As soon as I start writing about something else, it always will end up being like, and then I, oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> and it's about me. Oh, shit. Like, it's just so, like, it's hard for me to, like, separate myself. But, yeah, that's not to say that I never can, like, step outside a bit. It's not like every theme or every song is, like, to a T exactly the situation that happened to me, mm-hmm. like, word for word. Like, I can, I can, like... Embellish. Embellish a little bit sometimes just to get certain emotional points across. So have you seen one of those people at your show before and just be like, you, this is about yeah. you or yeah. do you like not I don't like to name names them. all the time. It's like, well, you can point, such, nice. you know, <laughs> no but even like, yeah, like I, I definitely, uh, I, maybe I not. I definitely have. I a hundred percent have. Cause I've been writing like this forever. Like even in little boy boom and stuff, like I would yeah. write be like, I just broke up with my boyfriend and then I'd like write a song for the band, like write lyrics within a song for the band. And then, like, this person would, like, show up at Hooligans and I'd be like, this is really awkward because this venue is too small for me to be singing this song with you sitting there right now. Right. No eye contact, though. It's not, like, a strong, like, no, I'm you. No, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I would just be like, oh, shit. <laughs> you found my diary. Like, I know I did this, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you have a specific writing process for how one of your songs goes from an idea to in the studio recording it? 
Like you want a story of one or do, is there a general Do you have a process it? and if you have a story I want to hear that. Oh, good. Um we love a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean there's not one general process. It's always different, I find. And pardon me. Often like with the EP, there were a few songs like a song like Juniper for example. Matt Schellenberg sent me like a 30-second maybe not even loop that he had made. It's like, hey, can you do something with this? And then I sat with it for a bit. It's like, this isn't totally the style of what I'm wanting to do right now, but like there's something kind of like hooky about it. And it was just kind of the loop for the first verse. And then I wrote the first verse over top of it, like just saying it into my phone, sent it back to him. He's like, oh, that's cool. We should work on it. And then we got together and then wrote like the pre-chorus like out of nothing and then the chorus out of nothing together and then the rest of it just kind of fell into place but usually it kind of starts with that like one of us will have an idea send it to the other person and then but sometimes with some of the songs I'll just like sit I don't often do this but every once in a while I'll just like sit with the guitar and then it'll just kind of like spill right out or on the piano I'm not like a super proficient instrument player but sometimes I can use instruments to like get certain ideas out or just beginnings of ideas that then can be built upon people that are a bit better at hearing more complex chords than I am but yeah and sometimes I'll just do it with my voice I'll just sit in front of my computer and and layer like certain chords that I don't necessarily cannot necessarily play as quickly I can I can get them out with my voice a bit quicker so I have to just like make vocal notes of just me being like, okay, and then the next chord is, uh, like, just kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. I, not, sometimes I prefer to do that. But. So, yeah. kind of talking about your computer, awful transition. Your <laughs> social media presence, mm-hmm. as well as your stage presence, I kind of feel like they're the same. I don't want to say right. character, because you're a yeah, human yeah. being. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. But, no, no. like, it's okay. on your Instagram, for example, there's mm-hmm. a video of you with, like, tampons up your nose yeah and it's just like what are you (laughs) and a pad on your head and then Mm -hmm. repackaging it yeah really you gotta reuse it it's so good yeah you can't waste that shit they're expensive yeah they should be free they should be free paper cat (laughs) breaking news (laughs) pads should be free okay so what will you not like what is your boundary what is your line what won't you post Nothing. You're just like... I mean, I don't... I don't often post about my relationship. Like, my... I don't... Like, if I post about my boyfriend and stuff, it's usually, like, here's him a, in a dress. picture of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's certain things that I just like to... I feel like I don't have a lot of boundaries. Like, when I speak with people on stage, I'm not very edited in my banter. And that's, like, intentional, but it's also just the way that I am. Like, it's not... Um, okay, but how, like, unscripted do I want to be today? Right. I don't think about that. But, uh, yeah, with social media, I don't know. I don't, I don't always take it so seriously. So then sometimes I find that I will go, like, if I'm, like, laying in bed and I'm just, like, I'm thinking a funny thought, I'll just, like, film myself immediately, put it on, not think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, the way. But in terms of boundaries, yeah, it's, like, maybe I wouldn't, like, film myself, like, peeing or something. Right. Just Unless tampons it's like in your for nose. art. But like tampons in my nose. <laughs> Unless it's for art. Peen for art. Peen for art. <laughs> I don't know, like what would be out. a boundary for I don't I don't know. Cause it's like I have like filmed like certain members of my family. I have I don't know. But it's yeah, so like a, yeah. a sappy relationship post that's just like I don't something I don't that normally do about. that. Yeah, because I usually like to just save that for my private time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'll say that in person. I don't need to, like, display that mm-hmm. as much on social media. I like it to be more about, like... Because this is something that I... It's not like I don't know that people are going to see it. I can't just pretend to be like, this is a personal diary post just for me. And, I like, my profile's completely public, and I know that. So when I post things, I know that anyone and everyone can see it. So I post things that I wouldn't mind anyone and everyone seeing. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is a tampon up my nose, but not necessarily me, like, being like, my relationship is the best, or whatever. I don't know. It's just like... Even though it is? 
yeah, we have a great we have a great time. Yeah. And I post when we're like having fun and stuff. I don't know why I feel weird about those kind of sappy posts. I just kind of do. Mm-hmm. It's just like never something I've been completely comfortable with. Right. And maybe because it, I don't know. Maybe because I'm just not a gushy person in that way anyways. But I don't know. Relationship's great though. Don't worry. <laughs> and touring is fine, like relationship-wise. Do you mind me asking? No, I don't mind. Answer it. Not but it's just like, I feel as though being away from your partner for such an extended period of time when you do go. Yeah. And it's not at all straining. I mean, it's not really, it's not, it hasn't been really. And to be quite honest, I haven't really been on super long tours since we started dating. So I feel like it's going to constantly be evolving. Like when I finally fucking put out my full length album, I hope to be on the road a lot. Mm -hmm. And, but we have the kind of relationship where it's not necessarily like, I'm like, Hey, can I do this? I'm like, Hey, I want to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And then I, and then obviously if he was like, that really hurts me, I don't want you to do that. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to reevaluate. But for the most part, he, he's also a visual artist and he understands that kind of like need like and the passion behind like mm-hmm. doing this kind of work. So he doesn't question like why I have to be on the road or why it's just like, it's like, I feel like he just kind of understands that it's a part of the job. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. Like, mm-hmm. ask me again in like 10 years. I have no idea how that's going to change or even like. Two I hope years. we're around for 10 years. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> episode five, it's our 500th episode. 10th year anniversary. We'll revisit this. Are you saying that you're going to be like a senior citizen in 10 years? Oh, you're yeah. Like, it's I, I'm it's holding my cane. Like I'm holding cane my cane. <laughs> I'm 35 oh years old. I'm happy to be in bed by like 9 p.m. <laughs> like I'm like halfway there. No, that's reasonable. Yeah, that's yeah. reasonable. It's not bad. Definitely so, reasonable. So he's a visual artist. Have you yes. worked with him on any visuals for yeah. Begonia? Really? Definitely, yeah. How's he, that? It's super fun because it's really fun to collaborate with your partner. And I've been with like musicians and stuff before. I feel like it's way more fun to collaborate with your partner when they do something different than what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from For me, from my perspective, because I think I'm so, I don't know, like, I feel like I can be kind of micromanagey when it comes to, like, exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like with what he does, I feel like he's so good at what he does, and I don't know half of the, like, behind the scenes of, like, from him to get to A to B for what he does, so I can't sit there and be like, Oh, I know what I would have done if I would have done that. You know, I don't know. Like I feel like you can't because I can't. I literally don't know. Right. And I love, but I love that thing because it's like it always like surprises me when he like, mm. puts something together. But he did when I did uh, my EP release. He uh, with some of the pieces from like Lights Unlimited. Like he got some pieces and he like kind of designed the stage for that for the EP release. And he also designed. A set for me for a photo shoot that I did a few months ago, and yeah, he's very involved whenever he can be. Whenever there's like ways to get him involved, it would be like my dream. Like one day, if I could be like set enough to like be able to like bring like a set designer on the road, I would mm-hmm. totally be into that. Having that sort of like collaborative relationship like where we could make that kind of art together but it's just not possible right now yeah i don't have that kind of money <laughs> i can't do that shit and he sings as well too he sings he's in the real gentleman's choir although he hasn't been to a rehearsal in a while excuse me but um <laughs> so do you he, sing together he sings but we don't really sing together well like we do it in in jest like we listen to music and we'll just be like rah, rah, rah. but he doesn't really sing like seriously to me like he's not like Alexa, I wrote you this song. <laughs> but he's like... Do you want him to? No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sappy. No, happy. like, I'm just... I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's... He doesn't have to do that. <laughs> but he, like... Have you written a song for him? I have. It's the only positive love song I've ever written in my life. Ooh. See, I don't even talk wow. about... I never talk about... My relationship. Yeah. Almost ever. Paper Cat. So it's on the, is it going to be on the new album? No, it's not actually. It's like a secret <laughs> to yourself. I perform song, it though. Okay. No, oh, I, cool. per- I perform it now currently mm-hmm. live, but uh, no, it's not on this album, but maybe it'll be on the next one. 
So because it's positive, do you lock eyes with him like, hey? No, I do not. <laughs> this is you. Every once, every once in a while, I'll like look at him, but also, no, it, it would be I wouldn't be able to do that for a whole song. <laughs> I would get too uncomfortable, and I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm staring at you. Like I feel like he'd get uncomfortable. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the way to go. Yeah. All right. Do you, uh, he, does he go to most of your shows? Mostly all your shows? Um, most of them, yeah. And eye contact is just not a thing that you guys... But I don't, I don't retain eye contact with anyone for too long at a right. show. I feel like I'm just, like, looking at the general <laughs> audience. Or if there's, like, people that are, like, very into it, then I'll, like... Like, you can kind of notice right away, even at, like, like, what, what kind of stages? Like, a bigger stages, like folk fest or like even festival this year or whatever like where lots of people are mingling but also lots of people are watching you kind of have to choose or seek out the people that you know are listening like right away in your mind kind of take stock and be like okay i'm doing this show for you 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 you, you. <laughs> and don't pay attention to the people that are just like hey how was your day today like talking in the back mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you don't, then you can, then the white noise can really bother you. But if you're just, like, really, like, focusing on the people that you know are engaged, then that's, like, how you can just, like, block that out, I guess. So with your, this kind of goes back a little bit that you, like, have this sort of, like, filterless banter on stage. Uh, Have you ever, like, called someone out for, like, being white noise and just, like, annoying you? Uh, I don't like to do that as much because I know how uncomfortable it can be. (laughs) For the whole audience, <laughs> right? I guess that was like a silly question. No, no, it's not. It because people be. people do that. Yeah, I I know yeah. people that like I've been in shows where people have done that, and it's it's not. It's totally like a me preference thing. Like I'm not very good at confrontation, like on a good day. So it's like that's like the ultimate confrontation. So every once in a while, like if I think it's funny, I will do that. Mm-hmm. If I think it's gonna be funny, but if it's too serious. I, I don't want to make the whole audience uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, asshole. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And then, like, everyone's like, okay. Now here's a song about my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that will change with time. Like, right. But I don't necessarily always feel comfortable. Sometimes I can definitely think that. Right. But also, again, it just goes back to, like, the people that want to listen are going to listen. And I'm not, like... I'm not, like, a famous person where, like, at those, like, widely seen shows that everyone is just going to know who I am, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't assume that, that. So, like, if there are people in the audience that are listening, I'm very thankful for those people, and mm-hmm. then I want to play the show, again, as if the people that are don't want to be there just aren't there. Yeah. and Or they're having their own separate time, and then I can just, like, perform and put on a good show not stopping and being like shut the fuck up loser in the back that doesn't even know who I am <laughs> and is just having a beer with their friends and is probably a good person <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I don't know I just feel like I don't really have that in me but do you have a way to deal with the white noise of you know whether you, if you're playing an outdoor crowd and everyone's really loud and right it can yeah like this is not to say that it can never that it's not tough ever because it can be a bit demoralizing if there's, like, a lot of people talking. You're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I suck. But I don't know. Just, I guess, like, that's when maybe I will turn more into the band and just kind of be like, okay, we're going to play this for us now. Like, if I feel like yeah. nobody's listening. Like you just, yeah, you just kind of have to be as confident as possible too in those moments because I feel like the crowd will just read your energy like what you give out is like what they're gonna accept too so if you're sitting there and you're like well I guess nobody wants to be here and then you perform as if nobody wants to be there then that's the show that people get to see even Mm -hmm. the few people that want to be there so so speaking of those people that you find in like the audience do you Mm -hmm. have like those like super fans that you know like they're gonna be there every time I'm so excited to see that person front and center like they always are sort of thing like do you recognize people I do recognize some people but some names I I wouldn't know but you know them as like people that have come to your shows some people I definitely recognize and it warms my heart (laughs) yeah no definitely there are a few faces that I'm like oh my gosh I totally have seen you before was it in the same context? Like, was it in the crowd in mm-hmm. this exact same way? Yeah. But, I mean, 
I don't know. Some I, I don't know. Sometimes like, I just feel like I'm just like looking for them. Like I'm looking to connect with them, just like they're looking to connect with me too, in, in the same way. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I don't necessarily like have the same like kind of people that I can think of like names in my mind right now. But right. Oh, well, I I'm not asking. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, have right. to name names if you don't want <laughs> yeah, to. Right. So your performance has gotten like. Uh, like recently, maybe like a lot more. Like you're pushing the boundaries of your vocals, like right. a lot, like a lot of like screaming. screaming. And there's <laughs> been like points, like at festival, there was just like a point where your bo- voice just broke. Like yeah. it was just like you could not scream anymore. Oh no, yeah. So is that part of the thing? Like when you were like, I'm gonna try and hit this note. I'm gonna try and hit this note. And now you're like writing music right. that you can't hit, or can you usually hit those? And you're just like, well, sometimes that's just like an emotional output too. Yeah, it's like it's really dependent on, and 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 I feel like I'm pushing the boundaries for myself even as I get older. For uh, uh, sorry, of the perception that I always have to sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was something like when I first started singing. It was like I can't make a mistake, and I always have to sound perfect. And to be perfect is to be beautiful. To be beautiful is to be the best singer. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how you be a female vocalist. And I'm just, like, I feel like I'm becoming more playful with myself and taking some of those things a bit less seriously. So in a song, like, I feel like the one that you're referencing is a song that, uh, like, where there's lots of clap yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it's called Fear, and it's going to be on my, like, next album, like, my first full-length album. And that's one that, like, yeah, like, I think about that one almost as more of a, it needs to be raw like that mm-hmm. in order to get the emotional point across. Like, it can't be perfect. And and sometimes it's frustrating for me if my voice does break on stage like that, but it's also like, well, then that's when I'm going to just, like, fucking throw my body on the ground and then I'm going to be like, I, this is a fucking punk show then or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I feel like I just, for me, like, emotional authenticity and connection is so much more important than like perfection Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that's taken me a really long time to understand but even in the process of making this album I've understood it more that my voice can do many different things that I wasn't even aware of and that connects with people too like it's not just me hitting a note and holding it so in an American Idol style (laughs) right like and and getting that big moment like I feel like there's sometimes those moments that people remember and then and then I know like singers that I grew up listening to and like Etta James or something where she's just fucking screaming on a record and I'm like wow that is so amazing like Mm -hmm. that that's the kind of stuff that connects with me so it's like well I want to I want to do that too like I want to be so then with that kind of stuff it's not even thinking about it as much it's just like okay I'm gonna put all of my emotions into this moment and then I don't get to choose if it's gonna be pretty or not right. I don't get to like be controlled and I think there's something like really amazing about that and also completely terrifying about that too so how is that gonna translate to the album are you going to like over and over again until it's perfect or are you just gonna like first well, take all that stuff's been recorded perfect. already oh, and so. so for that song we recorded it in a basement like and it was very stream of consciousness and we've kept most of the first vocal takes of it and when I was in the studio every night pardon me because that song was so taxing to track like I can't track that song like five million times in a day my, my voice would be complete shit so I would decide like I'm gonna do this song once an evening like if I can if mm-hmm. I feel up for it before we wrap for the night I'm gonna do it once we're not even going to listen to it, and then we're just going to go home. And then, like, listen, see kind of, like, what those takes are like at the end of it all. And we ended up using, like, mostly everything from the very first time that we ever, that I ever sang the song. Because it was just the most, like, emotionally, like, immediate, and, like, I wasn't thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So you go on a vocal range roller coaster. How do yeah. you, do you have your remedies, like the, the humidifier? Do you have right. keys that you, like, is I there have a all routine? That shit. I do have all that shit, but I definitely don't always use it. I mean, the most, like, cliche remedy is just resting <laughs> and not being a degenerate and going out and, like, smoking and yelling at people. Mm-hmm. That's, like, something. I used to go out all the time, like, and I'm very bad at, like, 
self-control in the sense like I'm gonna be or like in my mid-20s especially like I'm gonna be late for the party and I'm gonna stay I'm gonna be the last fucking person there like I'm not going home first Mm -hmm. and then that would be like I used to be able to bounce back so much quicker from that kind of shit but it's definitely now because I'm also doing this solo thing too it's like I just need more stamina and, and it's just like a practical thing like I just can't you just like can't go out and do all the same things that you used to do I definitely like am not the kind of vocalist that takes as good care as a person maybe should but I am definitely aware of it and I warm up before every show and I have like the things that I do when I'm at home and I definitely sleep and rest whenever possible (laughs) because that's literally the most practical thing that a person can do in this situation you just have to like really like have your own boundaries for like how far you can push yourself and sleep whenever you can that is sage advice yeah just sleep whenever you can well just rest (laughs) just sleep like i don't know and people don't i don't know like i feel like sometimes it can be embarrassing to talk about that kind of stuff because nobody wants to appear that they are not capable like all the time and especially like as a vocalist because this is all that you like this is all that I have like this is my this is everything that I do mm-hmm. and like yeah it can be when your voice cracks on stage for example like you're saying it can be embarrassing because it's like oh fuck this is this is my one job mm-hmm. and I can't even fucking do it but that like it's a huge it's like the smallest fucking muscle and you're a human it's like gonna happen you Mm -hmm. can't be perfect all the time and yeah it's just like all of this stuff like I'm still dealing with all the time and learning about myself all the time like what my limits are and on tour like how much sleep how little sleep I can go and then still like perform well and how like can I go to the merch table after this show and talk to people or should I just go straight to bed Mm mm-hmm like, can I go hang out with this cool band that I just met that, like, maybe it would be really cool if we hung out? Or should I just go to bed? It's, like, those things that people don't talk about because it doesn't sound as fun. But mm-hmm. you just, like, gotta sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's also great that you, like, mm-hmm. mentioned that because it could seem like, I have, I finished my show and now I'm gone and I don't want to, like, do totally. like... And that's something I struggle with, too, especially now, again, doing this on my own. Because when I was in Shit Min, it was, like, there were five of us. I didn't have to sing a full show, full out, all mm-hmm. night. It was way easier to, like, go to a festival, hang out all night, and and play a good show the next day. Because I just, I didn't have to maintain that same level of stamina that I have to now. It's like, I just, I simply can't. And and I, I get sad sometimes, because I love, be, I'm a very social person. Like, I love meeting new people, and that's, like, some of my favorite parts of, like, touring and stuff is, like... The, the hang like and meeting people and having those like moments but I just can't really do that as mm-hmm. much as I as I want to because I actually want to like perform well mm-hmm. so is it difficult you find to like be on all the time for like you if you leave stage and go into the audience right is it hard to just stay on and be like Yes, thank you. Yes, thank oh, you. Yes, thank totally. you. So it's like, I don't want to say yes, thank you. Totally. Anymore. And as you're saying, even like from my social media presence, I'm like the person that wants to talk to everybody and like the wacky bitch. And I, and I, and I love that too. But then I think sometimes people then see me on public and they're like, you're the wacky bitch. Like, let's tell some wacky jokes. And I'm like, I'm so tired right now <laughs> I'm not funny mm-hmm. or wacky yeah it that I definitely struggle with that because I also hate saying no and I don't like appearing like a snobby bitch so it's like I say bitch a lot I hope that doesn't offend anyone but I don't think so I'm talking about myself you're talking about yourself no. I'm saying I'm that bitch anyways <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I feel like, yeah, that, that that is hard for me. And it's hard for me then to sometimes temper that and to know when I need to say no for myself. And because I don't, because I'm scared of what people are going to think about of me if mm-hmm. I do say no. And sometimes I've like made decisions where it's like, I definitely shouldn't have gone to the merch table after that show or shouldn't have like gone out and talked to people because I knew that they wanted to, like I should have slept. 
mm-hmm. because I just like felt like I don't want them to think that I'm snobby or that I don't mm-hmm. appreciate this or that I don't like because I so do but it's just like that self-preservation it is it's a tough balance is there a yeah. like super odd story someone came up and talked to you and you're just like this is not the time or place yeah well that that kind of stuff happens all the time yeah definitely but there's not there's not like one standout story in a sense where it's like and then we <laughs> got in a fight but it's but there has been moments where like where sometimes people will come up and then they just expect you to continue to kind of perform in a way like they'll come right. up and be like all right and have nothing really to say and you're like so do they just say like where are you from <laughs> that like what are the type of questions that they i i mean i i feel i feel like i'm so grateful for anyone that wants to come up and talk to me at any point when it, mm-hmm. at this point in my career that like generally speaking like i will be thankful and grateful that people even care mm-hmm. that they like will take time out of their lives to like a come watch me perform and b want to come talk to me after like it's like then that that's the hard part it's like that's why I don't want to go home to bed if there's like someone that saw the show and it meant something to them and they want to talk about it then I don't want to like go down to the green room and like have my water it's like I want to fucking talk to that person Mm -hmm. but then yeah definitely at times yeah, you're gonna get paper cut. I heard you on paper cut. And you're like, <laughs> right. cool. No, and I don't want anyone to think like that. I'm ever in my head being like, it is so hard to have people come up to you and say that they liked your performance. It's like that's mm-hmm. definitely not what I want to come across. But no. yeah, there is definitely the balance of just like knowing when your voice is tired yeah. and that you have to play a show the next day and that like maybe you just can't talk to anyone. Yeah. For, like, the reason that I was asking about some of those common questions was, like, Brendan and I, if we were somewhere, he either gets right. tall or royal canoe, and mm-hmm. then when he had his crutches, oh. he got... So, people all the time, how tall oh, yeah. are you? 100%. Oh, you're in royal canoe, or yeah. your crutches. So, it's like, if we get all three at the same place, we take a shot. Are you serious? That's what we used to do when he I had his crutches. That. So, that's why I was asking if there were some common questions. And I found that he's just like, yeah, people just... They'll do that. I'm yeah. tall, so regardless mm-hmm. of where I am, does it bother him with the tall question? Uh, he's got like some really funny like, qu- like yeah. yeah, and it's just like just tell him how tall you are so they can go away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just like, because I have a tall friend and it and it kind of bothered him. It was yeah. like it mostly bothers me more that I'm just like, right. but he's can so we, used to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can can we just like sit down and like do something without someone yeah. just having yeah. to say something about something? Yeah, I guess but, usually if I'm out and about, it's usually like. How long are you home for? That's what I mm, always get. Yeah. yeah. When do you when do you go on tour again? Because I guess people just think I'm gone all the time. Right. But you're just here, resting. But I'm just Self-preservation. Here. <laughs> right now I'm here in a rocking chair. Yeah. Uh, in a moo moo. Technically you're resting. Kind of rest. Like yeah. I feel pretty rested right now. So. <laughs> but we're at points making you strain your voice. Like, say yeah. silly things. No. Yeah. Sing silly things. <laughs> No, I'm not, I don't have to sing for a while, so I'm okay. Yeah, you're not going... No, I'm doing... filming a music video next week. Ah, I'm very nervous. But for... So I don't have to actually sing. For which song? For a song that's going to be on my yet-to-be-released album. Oh my gosh. Ooh. When's that coming out? Is that like yet Yeah, to be exactly. Well? When's that coming out? I'd love to know. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah. There's going to be some new stuff soon. Mm-hmm. But there's no concrete date that I'm able to be like, yeah, that's what it's... But I am filming a music video. And you're going nice. to have a release. And there will be yeah. a release. So, okay. last time it was at West End Cultural Center. Yeah. And that just sold out in like a second. So, we so need nice. to... <laughs> we. We need to come up with a better <laughs> we need to strategy. Yeah. So, we're going like, to try for a larger venue. Yeah. I hope so. What's on your radar? What's on your venue I radar? I mean, wouldn't it be so awesome to play the bird? I feel like that would yeah. be fucking mm-hmm. sweet. I think that... But I'm yeah. I'm just like... I'm the person that's like, well, we could probably play my parents' basement and that would sell out, right? Like, no one wants to buy that many tickets, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just get nervous about all that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the... It sold out so quick. Months and months ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, that was really amazing to me. Yeah, and then all the people on the thing. Please. I know. <laughs> I have a baby, a loaf of bread, anything you need. OBO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
yeah, so you don't know. Bert I would don't. be great. Wouldn't it be fun? And who would you love to open for you? Well, I've already had three Pete open for me, but they're always my favorite. But maybe a badass female. Who the fuck should I get to open? I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... Marisol's fucking sweet. Yeah, Marisol is fucking sweet. Super Duty Tough Work. As Super Duty Tough together. Work is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of having another, like, female, female or female, someone that identifies as female, like, on the bill. Like, I like mm-hmm. just it kind of having that representation would be really awesome for me in a way because that's kind of what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. But. Which I think 3Pete now, well, 3Pete is, like, three males in a band, but when they perform... They just bring everybody up on stage. Oh, yeah. At one point, it was, like... I love them. Half men, half women, and, like, just... It's an amazing mix of musicians, yeah, styles of musicians, and they're all amazing. Well, their it's whole like, thing... Holy like, smokes. I, fe- I feel like their whole thing is so community-based, too. Like, they... Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. way that they perform and the way that you see them go out to support their friends and, like, be there at events and stuff and, like, with Synonym and all, like, the arts, like, organizations that they're a part of, like... I just feel like they are, like, such a community kind of band. Like, mm-hmm. Well, Egg did say he wanted to collaborate with you. I want to collaborate with him, too. Well, let's make it oh happen. Make it Paper happen. Cat Sponsored by. Yeah. Sponsored yeah. by. If your Paper project cat. was called Paper Cat, we would really dig that. Yeah. Because so he I says cats him. all the time. He's like, some cats do this and some oh. cats do that. Oh, so, so jazz of him. So you guys can be. <laughs> He's a jazz. Paper He's a jazz cat. Guy. And, uh. We'll, uh, we'll just sponsor go. your Burt show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there, there, there it is then. We yeah. figured it out. We'll run the merch table. We'll do whatever. Yeah, like, you don't we'll have to talk to Yeah, anyone. we'll sell beers if you want us to. We can do anything. We can just sell, like, little USBs in the shape of cats that have this interview on it. So anytime someone oh is just like, would you like to talk to anyone? Just listen and see if this, <laughs> this answers your questions. This project's already half started. Oh <laughs> like, it's already there. Yeah. And then Jared and I started Paper Cut in a week's time. So this actually yeah. will be a yeah. thing be next amazing. week. I, so yeah. By the time this comes out, you guys will already have a couple shows booked. Yeah, we'll, have we'll already have, like, out. a full album. Sold out. out the Burt. Yeah, sold Just out Just like the Burt. that. And oh, your yeah. parents' basement. Yeah. And <laughs> my parents' basement. <laughs> have you ever played a show in your parents' basement? I haven't. Do your parents come to all your shows? Yes. Every yes. single one? Every single show, basically. Well, not, like, not when I'm traveling, but even then, sometimes they go. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So Even supportive. the late, late shows? Yeah, like when I used to play at Hooligans every Wednesday until 3 in the morning, they would go every Wednesday. And you were 16, wow. though, so they had to. Uh, well, I was I was 18. Oh, okay. Time, yeah. Sorry. I met the, the I met the people in that band when I was 16, but we played it in the bars when I was legal, at mm-hmm. least. The drummer was not. Huh? But we were all... I heard a really great story once that the revival, they were a band and they were all, yeah, three that. of them were 18 and yeah. one was 17. So right. he had to stand on the restaurant side and sing while the band Are played on the bar side because he wasn't allowed oh to be in the bar and singing. Yeah, we just didn't tell anyone that our drummer was too young to be <gasps> Oh, And then we had his scandal. birthday at the bar. <laughs> no. And they were like, what the fuck? No. You're like, yep. But Frank. he looked like he looked so young, so I don't. But just, but no, like there was a lot of shit going down at that point. I don't oh think anyone. God. There was not a lot of control. I think there was, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forget the question. I have never played a show in my parents' basement. They come to all my shows. Yeah. You yeah, answered the so questions. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. This is a long ass yeah, interview. Yeah, no, I, I think we're coming to the end of it. Okay. Yeah, we're How long do you usually, are they usually? Until the person stops talking. Just, yeah, we let oh, the yeah, wind. Oh, yeah, I talk forever. Yeah. So. Okay, so we should. Just toss the <laughs> toss it up in the wind and let it take it. It's like okay. a, a plastic bag in the wind. It just floats. Oh, my gosh, that's like a Katy Perry song. It is. Yeah. You got the reference. Ooh, I don't like, like Katy Perry. You, you like Katy Perry? I'm a Katy Perry like fan. a plastic bag. When I first heard that song, I didn't realize that those were the lyrics. And then when I looked it up and found out those were the lyrics, I was like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag <laughs> in the wind? R- like, ready to begin or something? I'm like, what 
the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I just pictured, And then you like, started wearing moo's all the time. You're like, I do yeah. feel like a paper bag, baby. I do feel like a paper bag, actually. I prefer paper, Katie. Thank yeah. Thank you very much. Paper cat. <laughs> I prefer cat. paper cat, Katie. That is, paper, that is awesome. Katie. Well, thank you so much, Alexa. You're welcome. Thank yes. you. For uh, coming on Paper Cat today. We really appreciate it. So. Yeah. Oh, do you want to try and do this with us? Okay. Yeah. We do our outro together, but we kind of like say it at the same time. And since okay. you have... A Juno for, sorry, let me read. <clears throat> Roots and Tradition Album of the Year Group 2009. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We think that you would be a great addition. Uh, a great addition. Yeah. So what am I? You just say the same things that yeah. we say so, as we're saying it. And we'll say oh, them like slowly. I just have to yeah. kind of yeah. understand what you're it's just, saying. It's yeah. our outro line. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you did it. I love that game. Just a reminder, you can find all of our podcasts online at papercutwinnipeg.com. You can also find us on Google Play and iTunes. Contact us if you would like to sponsor our show. Here's a cut from our interview next week from Alyssa Blackwolf-Kixon. We've definitely had that, like had that happen where, you know, like we've had like some white folks be like, it was a really good show. It made me think, it made me uncomfortable, but it's like, you know, that, that very small moment of time because the shows are, you know, like an hour, two hours for that very small moment of time. It's, it's, what it's like for people of color or indigenous folks for the majority of their time.